Mindfulness, it's a buzzword that we often hear in relationship to coping with stress. We especially heard it a lot during this pandemic. But what exactly is it and how can it help us in our lives? Hello and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. My guest today tell us that, tells us that mindfulness combined with communication skills can actually be a superpower. Welcome to Brett Hill. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm so it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Let me just quickly read your brief bio here. Brett Hill is a mindfulness coach who created the Language of Mindfulness Training, soon to be a book. He also did a TEDx talk on that. He currently teaches as a meditation instructor at BeMeditation.com, hosts the Language of Mindfulness podcast, and is available for coaching, speaking, or training at LanguageOfMindfulness.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, the million-dollar question, what is mindfulness? What is it exactly? Well, that's a great question. Lots of people have different ideas about that. I like to use a definition put forward by a guy named John Kabat-Zinn, who's sort of like the grandfather of mindfulness, if you will, in, uh, in America. And um, his definition is paying, paying attention in a particular way, which is on purpose. That's important. It means you have to make a decision to be mindful. So you decide to be mindful. And then in the present moment. So you're paying attention to something that's happening now, as opposed to, well, I'm going to decide to think about my taxes, or I'm going to think about what I'm wearing today. That's that's all cool and good, but that's not a mindfulness practice. Then, and so now would be something like, man, what am I? Th- I feel, I feel shitty, or I feel. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's not a. It's not okay. broadcasting. <laughs> well, I, you know, I feel terrible. Or I feel angry. Or I feel happy. Like something is happening now, and then non-judgmentally, like. You know, you sit down and you try to do mindfulness and the first thing that happens often people go, this is no fun. This is boy. Those are judgments and that's okay to have them, but you just notice that you're having them and you just go, oh, I'm having a thought about this is boring. I don't like this or, or I love this and I'm relaxing. Whatever is going on, you just say it. So those are the three conditions on the purpose, in the moment and non-judgmentally. Some people think of mindfulness as sitting on top of a mountain, legs crossed, you know, saying, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think of my husband. He was like, mindfulness. What is mindfulness actually, yeah. really? <laughs> you know, so, but it, you can actually practice it anywhere. But the question then becomes, how can it help us? What, what can it do for us in our lives? Well, imagine that someone comes up to you and says something mean. Okay. And you're just being your yourself, or as normal people, someone goes, Well, what do you mean? You're not going to, okay. So, so the question is, is that the best way you can respond? Is that the way you want to respond? Would you rather have choices about what to do? So, do you want to be reactive and out of control and not really making any decisions about, well, what's the right idea? What's the best way to handle this? Having some function in your system where there's a little bit of space where you can maybe decide that the best way to handle this is not to be on automatic. So the real discussion about mindfulness is what they call being on automatic mode, just kind of Mm -hmm. walking around, whatever you're thinking is all cool. And it's all just happening. And there's no one really making choices about what am I going to say and do in this specific situation. And so mindfulness particularly as it involves communication, helps you have enough spaciousness in your own inner process to think about what you might want to say that can be more effective. And that helps you build connection and authentic 
connection with people. And so conversations generally go a lot better. Yeah, That's, and that can help us in every aspect of our life, our exactly. family, our spouse, our, our career, everything that we do. Precisely. Uh, so that, you know, that's an important that's an important thing to have. It is yeah, important yeah, skill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do we actually start a mindfulness practice? How do we do it without it, you know, consuming our lives? We, it well, doesn't take much, does it? It doesn't take that much. It, there's a saying, uh, consistency is more important than longevity. In other words, it's more important to sit down and, and maybe have a practice that's five or 10 minutes a day than it is to do twice a week for an hour, right? So going up to the mountain and sitting there for, you know, two hours is cool and fun. And maybe if you have your idea of fun, but um, it's, but doing that once a month is not going to get you there. It's much better just to, to take a little bit of time every day and say, this is my mindful time. I'm going to just focus on mindfulness. And the practice is really very, very simple. Um, there's, there's a meditation practice, which is simply to focus on something that's happening in the moment. And that's often your breath, right? So people focus on breathing because breathing isn't, you don't have to figure out your breathing. You don't have to think about it too much. It just happens, right? You just, so just pay attention to it. I'm breathing. Okay. You don't try to make it happen any particular way and you're relaxing and breathing. And, and that's really the practice. And as soon as you stop focusing on your breathing, some part of you will go, Oh, I'm thinking about that thing. I should have said to that guy instead of my breathing. And you say, okay, instead of getting mad at yourself, you just go, okay, I'm just having that thought. And you come back to your breathing. So you just keep coming back and it, you know, in 10 seconds, your brain will scurry away and go down some. Yes. Thought. Right. That's all good. That's fine. You just come back to your breath. That moment you come back, the moment you go, oh, I'm not focusing on my breath. That's the moment you become mindful. Can that you exactly. can you take a walk? Can you do something yes, while yes, yes. you're being mindful? Absolutely. There's a whole big deal I talk about. Actually, I have a, a, a practice I call enlightenment by a thousand yummy moments. And you're, you're walking down this, the path or you step outside and you look at the sky and you go, wow, what a great sky. And you just look at it. And you and when you notice that you light up, this is what you, you the part of the practice that I go through is helping people notice when they automatically just light up all by themselves. Like they see a dog, they see their, their child, they see a pretty face, they hear some beautiful music and they just go, wow, whatever it is that makes you go, wow. In that, wow, it's not complicated, right? It's like, mm -hmm. boom. And if you really slow that down really carefully in that, wow, there's this almost perfect moment of stillness. And you're just kind of going, whoa, when that impacts you, when you notice that happens, then you make a decision on purpose, right? I'm going to choose just to hang out with that experience of beauty for just an extra three or four seconds. You don't make it a big deal. You just hang out. Wow. Oh, wait, I'm having one of those wows. I'm just going to hang out with it. You know, that feels really oh, good. You know, I can totally relate because that's exactly how I feel when I step on a beach. When I was a kid and we exactly. lived in the Philadelphia area and we would go down the shore and we would cross the bridge and see the, the bay and start to smell the salt water. That feeling was like, yes, we're going. Yeah. And now even as an adult, we're not far from, you know, in, in our community, we're not far from the beach. And when I step on a beach, I've been practicing mindfulness all along, Brett, because I just have this feeling you can't buy therapy like that. It just, <laughs> it makes you feel so good and i'll take a nice walk and i just sort of and i don't 
and I really, I'm not thinking about very much other than look at the pretty birds and the waves right. and the sound and the ocean. And it just really, it's, it, it is, it clears your brain and just puts things in perspective. It's very good. Well, that's the thing. It clears your brain, right? And, and when you have a clearer brain, you make better decisions and you have better experiences. Life, life gets better. Yes. That's yes. the bottom line. Well, it's hard to connect those two things because then you think you take that and how do you bring that feeling into the real world that can be hectic and full of stress and That's all of the these practice, other yeah. issues? Where do you, how do you take that mindful experience and make it part of your life? That's the practice. So you have, let's say you're, you're out and you're looking at the prettiness. You remember, you have to decide. You say, I'm going to let myself feel how good this feels. Is that weird as that sounds, right? It's like, I'm noticing it feels good. So oh, I'm just going to permit that. You kind of give yourself permission to kind of steep in it a little bit. It's kind of like you sink into a tub of hot water and you go, ah, oh, your whole body like relax. You give yourself permission to just savor it a little bit, right? You do that enough times, then whenever you get into stress, and I have a saying that if you want to be mindful under stress, you have to practice when you're not. That's why you sit down and you do the meditation or you do the walking practice. Then when somebody yells at you, you go, wait, I know how to relax. I got this. Breath. And I, this isn't a pleasant experience, but it's the same skill of being present with my experience. I'm experiencing that I want to be reactive. I'm just noticing that. I'm not going to do that, though, because I'm going to have a choice. And now I'm going to say, well, what's really going on here? What? Why are you so upset? Rather than, well, you know what? You really got it all wrong. You know, and, and then there's no one home and you're yes, just in an argument. And that right? can just be now. That probably applies to a lot of married couples or, or couples oh, yeah. in general. So in your practice, do you help them to communicate better and get along better with one another? Well, the practice is not specifically focused on couples counseling, so to speak, but these these techniques, these skills are useful in any conversation you want to have, mm -hmm. whether that's your you know, significant other or your children or your boss or your peers or your when you're a speaker, your audience, uh, you're an attorney and you want to pitch to the jury. It's really good with anybody. Anytime you want to use your voice and you want to be authentic, you want to be real, you want to connect and you want to speak from a place of what I call legitimate authority. And that means your truth, right? Because when you speak from a place that's empowered by your presence, it has a lot of authority, just inherent authority. That doesn't mean someone's going to believe you, but it's your best, <laughs> but it's your best chance. Right. right? Exactly. Your best chance, yeah. Exactly. So when you, when you coach people to do this, you actually combine the communication skills with mindfulness, which yes. as we said in the, in the beginning, this can be a superpower. Yeah. And, and, and what does that make? How does that make a difference in people's life? What does that actually do for them? It helps you connect to people, a lot of different kinds of people, much more deeply and authentically. So it feels good. It just feels good. I mean, what's the feeling like whenever you're talking to somebody and you feel like they really get you and you really connect? Do you right. like that feeling? Yes, of course. You can have that a lot more in your life. And another part of this, too, is I have uh, a 17-year-old daughter and a 20-year-old son. And, you know, 
it is tough to pry the devices out of their hand, whether it's yeah. their laptop or they're on their cell phone. I pretty much see the tops of their heads because <laughs> the face is always down. And I, you know, we have a no no screens at dinner rule. So mm -hmm. at least when we have dinner together as a family, we have to connect. And you know, it's amazing how we actually talk and we actually have some laughs. How about <laughs> that? It's a new thing, right? <laughs> I know, but you know, it's just incredible. And I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm telling my kids to get off the phone as I'm looking on my phone as well. So well, we right, all okay. seem to get addicted <laughs> to it. And, it. and it's, you know, you don't have anything to do. What do you do? You pick up your cell phone and you look through something ridiculous usually. <laughs> And, or news that's bad news. and Doom just, scrolling, right? Yes, doom <laughs> scrolling. So, wow. I mean, what a great thing if we could just try to limit that. I don't know if we can eliminate it. It's part of our lives. It's what we work with. We use our phones. But what do you suggest to people? How can we try to reduce that need to always grab our cell phone? Well, when you start to get more mindful, you start to realize you have a relationship with that device, right? And so the question is, what does it feel like? And so in a lot of ways, a phone like that, and I'm as guilty as anybody, trust me, I'm, I'm um, digitally wired in a million ways. Yeah, I'm, a tech, yes. I'm actually a technologist. I used to work for Microsoft and some oh. other people. So <laughs> I, I, I get tech really kind of yeah. way more than people suspect. And um, the question is, who am I when I'm connecting to my phone? And when I'm not, when I don't have, do you really feel the depth of who you are and your connection to the world when you're doing that? Now, in some ways, there's stuff that you can read can help prompt you to be more mindful and more present. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you have to actually put it down and just be with yourself, right? So, in a lot of ways, it's just a, it becomes a device to avoid being with your own experience of yourself. And so, when it, when it starts to reach that kind of a level, it's it's uh, probably not a great habit to have in that regard. So you want yes. to have the skill, the ability just to put it down and go, I'm not going to do this for the next hour. Yes. That, see, that's good. I mean, to, to tell people don't use your phone all day, that's not going to happen. But if you just say one hour of my life, I'm just not going to look at it. I mean, nothing's going to happen <laughs> in that one hour. I just don't need to have it. And another uh, point I try to uh, make is maybe shut the ringer off because that phone rings or beeps or whatever sound you know you get when you get a text. It's almost like Pavlov's dogs. We're we're you know conditioned well, exactly to like go that. to our phone <laughs> and yeah. and it and it disrupts your thinking. It disrupts what you're doing, especially if you're working on something for work or you know some sort of project or you're writing or creating, which I do a lot in my job. It really throws you your path totally off to to have to bring your mind back to what well, you're yeah. doing. Well, what it really amounts to is, and if this is kind of a, uh, maybe a slightly jaded way to think about it, is that this phone and the people who you, who create it and the devices and the services that run it, they would, they want and need your attention, right? And so do you want to be the master of your attention or do you want to just gift it to somebody else or something else, right? And so really it amounts to where do I focus? Because really, truly, your attention is the most valuable resource that you have. That is a really great way to look at it. I've never heard anybody put it that way. And somebody actually said to me, when your kids are talking to them, do you see the color of their eyes? When your kids are talking to you, do you I see love what their eyes look like? Are you looking at them? Are you doing something else? Are you, are you looking at their faces when they talk to you? And that's a really 
I like I like that point because your attention is very valuable. And it I'll is. tell you, I do get uh, sometimes we'll go down that rabbit hole. I'm scrolling through something and let's see what the star looks like today. It's some hmm. stupid thing <laughs> that really doesn't mean anything to me. And for whatever reason, I'm like, all right, just click. And then there's 50 other stars before they get to the one that you wanted to see. And now, like you said, they just zapped your attention and you're clicking and you're clicking and you're. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this? I have well, power. That, I get away from it, you know? That voice is your friend. Yes. <laughs> you know, next thing you know, you look up and like a half an hour has gone by and you haven't done anything really productive. Now, sometimes, sometimes I have to say, there's times when you just want to veg out and do something silly. That's all. That's perfectly legit. I'm yes. not trying to be rigid about this. I'm just right. trying to say develop uh, some, some explore what's true for you what does happen to you put your phone down you say i'm not going to do it for an hour can you stand it does it drive <laughs> you crazy is it like oh my god the phone i must not touch the phone you know it's like does it drive you nuts if so that's a clue you know oh yeah oh yeah i'll see my son under the under the dinner table kind of sneaking a peek <laughs> i'm like seriously <laughs> What what is so important, you know? <laughs> and I gotta say, you know, I'm as guilty as anybody really am. Yeah, well, we all are, and it's and it has become it has ruled our lives. I mean, growing up, we didn't even have cell phones. That's how old I am. And wow, how did we live? We somehow survived. In some ways, it was easier. I remember <laughs> one time I forgot my phone, and I felt this sense of freedom, like. Huh, I can't make a call. No one can reach me. It was yeah. sort of a nice, I mean, I was a little bit like, oh, what am I missing? But on the other hand, it was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not an emergency surgeon. I didn't have to be <laughs> at the hospital, you know, and there was nothing, nothing that urgent that was going to happen. So you just have to put it in place and you have actually training for this. How does that work? How do you do that? Well, it all starts with the mindfulness practice. You simply I help people kind of get more comfortable with being with their actual their actual experience. And sometimes that's not great because you sit down and you start to be present with what's really in my world. As they say, you know, you go inside and you start being present with yourself. Sometimes the stuff that's going on in there is like, oh, ooh, ah. and so, you know, we kind of like, okay, it's all right. It's okay. That's just what's real. And wouldn't you rather be at home with what's real? And the truth is, once you become familiar and make friends with your own inner world, there's a lot of beauty too. And you open up to the beauty of the world in a much bigger way than you were before because when you try to say well i can't i can't let myself feel anything because it might feel bad that also closes down your ability to feel good well that is true that is true and, man, and a lot so of people don't want to go there anything. though yeah you yeah. might not feel end up not feeling anything well who wants to live like that no nobody wants to live like that and i think we're you know covid really showed us how much we need human interaction. I mean, it's it's been tough for so many yeah. people. I mean, I'm thankful that I've had my family around me. Some people haven't. It's been it's been a it's been a hard time. And now, hopefully, we're coming to the end. We're not there yet, but we're coming to the end of it. Let's hope. And we have to get used to getting back into society again. And now we get have to get back into going back to work, perhaps, or you know, in person and seeing people again. So that's we got used to almost being in our little little shell in our mm -hmm. house and seeing people through these little boxes that we're talking through right now. You know, I mean, I have uh, interns that work with me. I've never even seen, I don't know how tall they are because I've never really <laughs> met them in person. Isn't that so weird? You know, these days it used to be that they would come into the office and we'd have a meeting. So now we have to readjust 
to getting back into the world again with all the complications that that can create in her interpersonal skills. So this can help you with that as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we have, we are relational beings. We, we have to relate to people or we don't really know who we are. That's the way, you know, it's like if you, if you spend too much time by yourself, they, what you get, what they call eccentric, right? Kind of like you just develop all these eccentricities. When you meet other people, you start, they start to go, well, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that because that's just kind of weird. And all these people are giving me, looking at me askance going, that's weird what you're doing there. And that's the way you learn, right? That, that to kind of normalize your behavior. Um, and so it's really important that we engage with a wide variety of folk in order to kind of learn who we are. That is absolutely true. I just don't know if I want to start wearing pants with a zipper again. I just... <laughs> uh, well, there, there you go. And then sometimes you learn who you are by just being, uh, I'm going to do it my way. You know, oh, gonna... <laughs> my goodness. I mean, we have all been in our yoga pants way too long lately. You know, this is really fun. Walking out there in your, in your onesie, clothes. right? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so true. It really is so true. I mean, we have to readjust to all that. But it will be nice to get back into the into the world again. And using these skills can really, really help us and really where can we find out more about your trainings and your book and all that fun stuff well at languageofmindfulness.com and i know it's a lot to type but you can also just google language of mindfulness and it'll take you right to it um uh and it's uh you know coaching by brett hill and i i do a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with someone for free just to see if it's a good idea and also uh, i have a web page called languageofmindfulness.com slash now in ow that is a free how to get started with mindfulness meditation very brief it's only like five minutes but it, it, it's a it walks you through and then there's an faq um video on what this is all about and common questions like don't don't work hard don't try to make your breathing in a specific way and don't try to force your mind to be blank and you know, common misconceptions and stuff. So you are absolutely passionate about this. I can see it. I am. I'm crazy <laughs> about this because it, it's so powerful that it changes who you are. It actually, they've got the MRIs, you know, they change, it changes your brain. It changes the structure of your brain and causes people to be so much happier, better, calmer, more peaceful, uh, thoughtful, kind. It's just an amazing practice. It doesn't cost anything. You, anyone can do it and it really matters. So what's, what's up? Why, Why wouldn't we want that Why? superpower, I right? I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> it is definitely a superpower. Well, uh, speaking of mindfulness, people are just always on the move. They don't just stop and think about this type of thing. And exactly. that's why we do this. That's why we have this type of thing on a podcast. You have a podcast. You get the information out to try to help people just to, to live better and be better, and myself mm -hmm. included. Well, I learned you. so much from you that. today. Thank you so much. Brett Hill Mindfulness Coach and so many other things. And I will put a link into your website and all and the contact information in the show notes of this podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a ton of fun. Yes, it has. Thank you. And thank you for being here for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Hope you'll sign up to hear about our most recent episode. Until next time, please stay safe and keep living well.